Good morning, my friends. Welcome to today's discussion, today's training on getting clarity in regards to codependency and how we heal from it. So if you're new to me, I'm Marshall Berkshire, and I help codependents rediscover their well-being and happiness after narcissistic abuse, after codependency, after emotionally unavailable or patterns of emotionally unavailable relationships in their lives. And I help them do that by healing the trauma bond, by coming to know, love, and love who they are and create happy relationships. So today, we are going to be talking about needs and how they're actually the key to your freedom from codependency, your freedom from the trauma bond, the freedom from these cycles of, of transactional relationships from feeling empty, lonely, neglected, unseen, invisible. They're the key to real connection and stable attachment in our world. So before we get to that, I need to share this out to the community here real quick. The community is your safe haven here on the internet where you can find shelter, guidance, and support in your journey beyond codependency. So you can find the link above on Facebook below on YouTube. You can also Google it or Facebook search it. It's called Thriving Beyond Codependency Community. Come join us there as there's <laughs> 3,100 of us there working together as a team to guide and support each other in this journey beyond codependency. So, all right. <sighs> I'm kind of excited today because we're landing another robot on Mars and it's a big thing for me. I love Mars. It was, I had this, this fantasy, this childhood fantasy of being an astronaut, being one of the first people to go to Mars and uh, watching us land robots on that planet, driving around. It's just astonishing. I love it. It's just really cool stuff. So it's cool about that. All right. So let's get into today's topic about needs. Let me know in the comments, your guys' thoughts, your experiences, how you relate to this. Also, let me know how you're doing because I know there's a whole lot of chaos out there right now. So want to know what's up in your world. So needs. Needs, 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 needs. Have you been shamed for having a need? Have you been attacked for having a need? Have you been put down for having a need? Have you been called needy? Yeah, there is actually no such thing as needy. Neediness doesn't exist. It's a shame. It's, it's a shaming term. It's a gaslight. Uh, needs are valid. Needs are real. But in codependency or in the experience with someone whom we've either gone through the seduction abuse discard cycle with or that we're, we have experienced just withdrawal and silence and emptiness with, we find that our needs are very shamed. They're attacked. They're diminished. They are put down. They are ignored. For a child dealing with a parent who is either emotionally unavailable and can't attune to the child or who is, in fact, abusive and neglectful, needs were perceived as a burden to the parent. The parent often unconsciously communicates this message to the child that their needs don't matter. Their needs take up too much space. And a lot of times, parents try to make the child independent, saying, you need to figure that out yourself, or nope, can't give that to you, that'll make you too soft, especially around emotional experiences, the need for shelter, the need for kindness, the need for reassurance, the need for reflection, the need for wisdom. This isn't happening. The parent isn't giving this to the child. So the child is left 
feeling invisible. Their child is left feeling overwhelmed because they don't have the skills. They don't have the understanding. They don't have uh, a map and how to deal with the world. That's what their parents are supposed to give that child. So the child ends up shutting down emotionally or becoming very, very attached to the parent. It says uh, needs and attachment play. They're, they're, they're hand in glove. So attachment, I look at attachment as a conduit, like a freeway. And on that freeway, we have needs and wants, bids for connection, bids for play with other people. And that, if that highway has a block in it, then we're unable to get those needs met because they're not being acknowledged by the other human being and they're not being reciprocated with kindness, with love, with being seen, valued, and uh, uh, well respected, met, regarded. I mean, there's a number of things that can come into play there. And because of that block on this freeway that is our form of attachment with this person, we start to experience a lot of shame, confusion, loneliness, emptiness. We start to ache. We start to hunger for connection because needs are our first form of connection. They are the first medium in which we feel seen, valued, and loved or rejected, criticized, and unwanted by another human being. And usually that's our parent first. Now, maybe we grew up in a family where our needs and wants were valued and respected. But when we get out into the world and we start building peer relationships with other human beings, we find that they don't value our needs. We find that they find our need, they, they judge our needs, they condemn them. They're too much. They're such a burden. They're so annoying. Why do you do this? That kind of thing. Our needs are shamed. They're attacked. We're, we're told that we're selfish for having needs. That we should be more independent. That we should not be so needy. These kinds of things. And this shapes our relationship to our needs. And it also shapes our relationship to ourself. Because our needs and our sense of value, our sense of identity, our sense of belonging in the world are interdependent. I feel most seen, loved, and valued when my needs are seen, loved, and valued. When they're respected. When the other person can identify with them and it, at a minimum acknowledge them. I don't have to meet them. Nobody's obligated to meet my needs. But if they want to, then how they meet my needs comes into play and whether or not that works for me and them. So we get into a compatibility dynamic there. But your needs... Having been shamed taught you that you were shameful, taught you you were a burden. It shaped the way you relate to yourself. In reality, the goal with shaming needs is to get you to stop taking space from what they feel entitled to. Because needs are a form of boundary, they're a form of connection, they're a form of expression and of individuality. And if you're dealing with someone on the narcissistic spectrum, they're going to hate that. Because it takes away their cookie. They don't get to have what they don't have control. They have to give and they don't want to give. It's so hard to give because they're there for the cookie. They're not there for connection. So in connection-centered relationships, needs are valued. Needs are seen. Needs are respected. Needs are met. And they're met in a reciprocal, consensual way. And it brings joy to both of you to 
fulfill each other's needs. You see the need, and you're like, hey, I see you have a need for attention. I want to spend some time with you. Let's go out and play. Have some need for protection? Hey, come over. I'll just hold you. I'll spend time with you. I'll hold space with you. I'll protect you. Hey, you're feeling low? You're feeling like insecure? Let's talk about it. Let's get out there and we'll battle the thing together. I'll go out and slay it too. You know, it's... We have an ally. We have someone who's got our back. Someone who cares about those things. That's when we start feeling seen, valued, and loved by others. This also works internally. Because all relationship is really co-relationship. There really isn't self-relationship as in it's just me. It's more like me to my inner self, me to other people, other people to me. When I have my inner self show up, my, like my little inner children show up and they have a need, me as the parent role in their world is to reflect back to them. Now reflection would be, I, I see you're scared, so you have the need for safety. I connect with you there. Then I ask how, what it needs safety in and how it wants it, and then I provide that. So it's how we meet needs. And it's the same way we meet needs with other people and they meet them with us. Oh, I see you'll have a need here. Am I on target there? How would you like that need met? Can I do that for them? Do I want to do that for them? Yes and yes, then I'll do it. Yes and no, then I won't. No, but I do want to help, then I can offer an alternative. See, needs are our first primary means of connection, of feeling like we belong, feeling like we are seen, and it brings us out of the shadow so we're no longer feeling invisible. And they are the key to breaking free of codependency completely. Because when we start getting our needs met in healthy ways with healthy people, we no longer need to be in the fawn response. We're no longer in the freeze-fawn loop that creates the codependent dynamic. Instead, we're in our healthy fight, we're in a healthy flight response, we're in a self-advocate, and we're out being playful, we're out being creative, we're out dealing with, with life head-on in a way that empowers us. That's the power of meeting our needs. My whole system, the big secret sauce behind how I work with codependency, is to shift how we meet our needs. Because what we need isn't the issue. It's how we get them met. And when we shift that from a codependent map to a self-advocate map, we filter into our lives people who value, see value and respect our needs and whom we see value and respect in their needs too. The same thing functions for wants because wants are the other means, the other part of this conduit for connection. That's the power of it. Once our needs are being met, we feel secure in this reciprocal interdependence both with ourselves and our inner, inner children and with others and others to us, our wants can come to life because now the essentials are in place and then we can take flight into things that really we really want to do that bring us joy, that we're very interested in, that we're passionate about because we are having needs met. Now, needs don't just get met once and then they're done. Needs have to be cons consistently nourished they're just, they're like an appetite. You gotta feed it. Some of us have bigger appetites for particular needs than others. That's normal. It's part of personality. No big deal. The thing, though, is that we don't, when it comes to codependency and needs, a lot of times we attach to someone 
and try to make them into the source of our needs. We kind of parentize them and then expect them to meet our needs on a regular basis so that we can go on and be something else. That's not how it works in adult relationships. In a parent-to-child relation or child-to-parent relationship, yeah, the, the child has some entitlement to that from their parent until, um, well, until not when. I mean, when the child matures, they'll become more interdependent or intradependent in meeting their need, but they're still going to lean on their parent. That's the goal we're going for is this interdependence, which is I have a need and I'm going to proactively work to meet the need by asking people who have expressed an interest or shown or demonstrated that they can meet the need and want to meet the need and do it that way. This is where our friendship networks come in. This is where healthy primary relationships come into our, into our lives. Because then, you know, you have a need for creativity and play and adventure. And maybe your your partner, your, your significant other, isn't into that so much as you are. So you go and have that with a friend. See, life becomes multidimensional, multifaceted that way. So your needs are met from different resources and different people. So you have different experiences. And that adds color and variety and a tapestry to your world. And it also increases your relational safety. So remember, we have three safeties that we need to restore and for us to continue to thrive beyond the codependent paradigm. We've got to restore our physical safety, our emotional mental safety, and our relational safety. And when we have more baskets to put our eggs in, the safer we feel. Because instinctively, we know if all our eggs are in one basket... That's an enormous risk, and we know that we can't control what happens to that basket. So if we diversify among several baskets, we have a lower risk of completely losing access uh, to our support network, to reciprocal needs and wants, to, to connection in our world, and we feel a lot safer. This is the importance of community in our world, because it's not about becoming an island and I'm self in, I'm self-reliant. I'm totally independent of other people. No, that's not what we're. It's really about building connection and integration with community. While we're both an individual that is supported to go and be who we are, and we are supporting other individuals in being who they are, we get into a safe communal aspect there, because we're a communal species. We're really not an um, rugged, self-made species. We don't work well that way. <laughs> so we need each other. But we don't need each other to define ourselves, to complete ourselves, or to somehow um, create our value. Instead, we need each other for safety, for connection, for play, for intimacy, for companionship, for support, for all those beautiful things that really matter bring life alive for us and our needs are that first conduit to it <clears throat> now there are 10 core needs that i work with in the heal yourself strategy and they're linked in the description above on facebook and below on youtube and if you're on youtube hit that subscribe button and thank you guys for doing that because i'm almost to 2,000 subscribers and that's cool I, I think that's cool i know there's people out there with millions and millions but i'm just like ooh, that's neat so you can click on that link and you can look at all 10 of them and the little trick here I teach my students is when you look at the list, listen to the one that speaks loudest to you right now. That's the one that's hungry. 
That's the one that wants to be met. That's the one that needs to be fulfilled. And it's actually not that complicated to get it fulfilled. First thing you need to do is now that you know what you want, you need to identify how that need gets fulfilled for you. And that's really about writing down the experience. Like, well, if I have a need for attention, that means we go out and maybe we're dancing or people are taking a real sincere amount of time. They're, they're making eye contact. They're focused on me. I'm feeling their connection. They're restating. They're interested in what I'm sharing. They like being around me. You'd write those things down because now you'll have an understanding of how that need works for you. And then you can go out into your world and, and see who lines up with that how. And that's where you go to get your need met externally. Now, internally, you can do the same thing. We have to do both intrapersonal and interpersonal nurturing here. The reason why is because we have to help ourselves mature emotionally to realize that these external people are not obligated to meet our needs. Instead, this is done with consent and with privilege. It's a gift that we experience with them and them with us. And internally, when we become a little more accessible to ourselves, we can meet those needs there too. And then, then the cool thing about this is we move out of desperation and we move into play. We move into creativity where we start getting a real regular reciprocation and experience with ourselves and with others. This way we're building a healthy stability in our interdependence and interdependence with others so that we don't become enmeshed and dependent on them exclusively, but instead we are building capacity with ourselves to care for our inner selves and building capacity to care for ourselves in an interdependent, safe friendship or relationship. That's the magic there. And I help you start that process in the Heal Yourself strategy. We use a process called the Nurture Process. It helps us identify our needs and how those needs met and then start to identify people that line up with those needs as well as starting to meet those needs internally. So it's always a both. It's never an either or. I need to meet them with myself and with others. It's how we keep our buckets full. It's how we keep ourselves nurtured. It takes both. It's kind of like if you look at it like a plant seed, the seed needs the soil, it needs the rain, it needs the, the nutrients from outside of itself, but internally it's also doing, it's also developing on internally in the seed until it sprouts forth, and now it's integrating with the ecology around it. So it's always a both when it comes to these things. Always a both. Okay, so that's how needs work with codependency. When we start meeting them, our need to fawn, our need to freeze starts to lower. And we start to feel more seen, more valued, more safe in being who we are. Because now we can be more present in our body, more present with our voice, our value. Because it really ignites our connection to self. Now, sometimes this happens quickly. Sometimes this takes a little time, and that's okay. As we continue to meet those needs, we continue to, to nurture ourselves, both internally and relationally with others, we, we discover we don't have to be codependent. We also discover boundaries, like, wow, this person's harming me, I'm out. 
The reason why is because now we don't need to depend on them only to get these needs met. We have a network of people we can lean on. That's the magic here. This is why it ends codependency. It starts with meeting our needs in healthy, proactive ways. So we are like four days out from the Heal Yourself Strategy, the live sessions version launching. So it launches February 22nd. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube to enroll. The recorded session version will release uh, this coming March in 2021. Join us because we got 24 trainings on doing this. I mean, it's all related to needs from different angles. We restore your safety first, then we restore reality. We restore sanity to you, and then we restore yourself to you by helping you reconnect with your power, stabilize and empower your attachment and your needs, getting them met, and then connecting you to the foundation of your identity. And that sets you free from the need to be codependent, and it helps you start to connect back to yourself so that you can move forward in your life and create happiness in the way that works for you. So I invite you to, to enroll and to join us in this. I'd be excited to have you as my student. The link is above again on Facebook, below on YouTube to enroll. My friends, be safe out there. Go gently with yourself. Your needs matter. Your needs are valuable. Your needs are important. And you can begin now to explore and discover that for yourself. So I will see you guys in our next training video as we venture into attachment and identity and really stepping beyond just codependence, codependency itself and really connecting back to who we are and discovering who that is. So I look forward to it. Be safe out there and I'll see you guys in our next video.